sorry I don't love you A fresh I've grown accustomed to Cause with you if something isn't wrong Something isn't wrong Something isn't right Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back, as is Becky Kovach. We're talking all about Warp Tour today, and we're just going to give you a little overview on what it is in case you have not heard of it, have not gone to it, but it's a traveling festival, basically, which with a bunch of pop punk bands, rock bands, metal bands, occasionally it covers a variety of the rock genres, so... Basically, it happens over the summer, and you'll have it go coast to coast and places in between. And since Becky and I are both on different coasts, I figure it would be cool to talk about our respective experiences. So, you know, this started in 1995, so I was probably two and a half when it started. That sounds about right. Yeah. Sorry to make Kevin Lyman feel old, (laughs) (laughs) but I have been to... Warp Tour at least four times, I want to say. I've been to three different locations in Southern California for it. So Becky, for you, I know you flew out here recently too, because this year was actually the last year of the touring Warp Tour. Yeah. Um, so in addition to just being a fan of Vans Warp Tour, uh, Big Picture Media has been doing press for the festival for the last two years. Um or this this is our second summer working with with the Warp Tour crew. Uh, so last year and this year we flew out to the first couple shows of each summer just to kind of make sure that things got off to a smooth start press wise. Yes, you were so close to me and still so far. I know it's so <laughs> so weird. Well, of course, you know this was the one year I didn't end up going, and. Usually I would go to the Pomona date, which I believe you were at. And then Mm -hmm. I have also gone up to the Ventura date and I went to San Diego, which technically it was in Chula Vista at that time, but it was the year that Paramore played very few dates. And I was like, okay, Paramore is only playing one in California or they (laughs) might've done two, but the other one was like up North by google or something and i was like i'm not driving that far so i I took some friends and we went down to san diego but like i said chula vista is actually where it was and that's like six to eight miles from the mexican border so it was quite a ways down there oh wow (laughs) and it never fails that it is always really hot at the pomona dates and it was hot at that date i think ventura was the only one that had nice weather when I went because it was on the beach. I was like, yes, thank you, Ventura. You were great. (laughs) That's pretty in line with my experiences this summer. So we flew out. We were there for the Pomona show. uh, And then we rode on the buses up to or we rode to San Diego and then up to Mountain View, uh, which is, I, I guess, the San Francisco date and then back down for Ventura. And of the four, uh, Pomona was insanely hot. Yep. (laughs) San Diego was like bearable. Mountain View was also insanely hot. And then Ventura was like comfortable. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think because of where it was in San Diego, it was probably less hot than the one I went to down there just because San Diego is definitely closer to the beach. And while San Diego is a beach city, it just depends on what part of San Diego you are in. Yeah. Yeah. We were like 
in the middle of the city, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because it was probably by like the convention center and that sort of stuff. So it was probably more like downtownish area. I think it was the convention center in like the parking lot. SDCCU. There are like a bazillion universities <laughs> down there. I had a basketball tournament one year in San Diego, and I think we played at two or three different schools just for one tournament. And I I can't keep them all straight because there's a okay. UCSD, there's a SDSU, and then SDCC is probably a community college or something like that. I, okay. I have no idea. There are so many of them. California. Gotta love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did enjoy getting a chance to see those dates and like how those venues work and the different layouts and stuff. And I will say um, of of the four, Mountain View was probably my least favorite. Okay. Uh, and it really made me appreciate these Jersey dates a whole lot more. <laughs> yeah. Pomona was definitely the one I frequented more just because of it being the closest one to me because I'm in Orange County and, you know, technically none of them are in Orange County, which, you know, that's fine. That's okay. I will drive for these things because they're all day events. So I know, you know, the drive time is going to be worth it. But with Pomona, it was always so hot. And because of how the fairgrounds is set up, it's like, there isn't really a ton of shade at that one it's like you have to go to the outskirts to find the shade because i believe it used to be a racetrack it might still be a racetrack Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know what exactly it is used for other than the fair because i haven't really gone there for anything other than warp tour but it's just one of those things where because warp tour happens during the summer which makes sense from a business standpoint because you want as many kids to go as you can and they're all out of school during summer but it's just always hot pretty much no matter where you go. Like I said, Ventura was maybe like low 70s, which was nice. That's, you know, that's like some good festival weather and it was breezy and everything like that. But Pomona is just always unbearable. And, you know, it's amazing how many people will fight the heat to go to these things. Although it does end poorly for some people, you know, you see plenty of people not hydrating enough. And, you know, at this point, it's kind of pointless to do tips on what to do when you're at Warp Tour since it is now ending. But it's just one of those things where you have to, like, take care of yourself first and then enjoy the music second almost. Yeah. With Warp Tour, you definitely have to be really careful about the heat and, like, making sure you're drinking enough water, which... The festival over the last few years has gotten really great about having those like free refill stations. Yeah. Um, which is super helpful. And like there's always EMTs on site and like paramedics on on standby just in case. Um, but they really they they take as many precautions as they possibly can to make sure that everyone is is safe and still having a good time. Yeah. I think the first time I went to Warp Tour, they didn't have those refill stations. But those were definitely a huge help once they had them because I am someone who has plenty of, you know, like plastic reusable cups and stuff or just, you know, sports water bottles and everything like that from when I was playing basketball. So I was like, okay, yes, take the water, take the biggest water bottle (laughs) I have and then I will fill that up. (laughs) Yeah, I can definitely remember being a kid going to Warp Tour and the refill stations weren't a thing yet. So it was the kind of thing where like, we budgeted out money for merch and then we had to also budget out like here's 10 bucks to spend on water for the day which definitely wasn't enough back then 
Yeah. But the, the free refill stations have been a game changer and I, I think it was so smart and uh, I believe it's cool gear, cool gear sponsors that stuff. Okay. Um, so it's really great of them just to, to have those stations set up throughout the day. Yeah, I don't know when I first went to Warp Tour. It might have been after I was able to drive because I remember my deal with my friends was I drive, you guys pay for parking and buy me some food <laughs> because of the distance that I had to drive just to go do any of them. And the fact that I drive a square box, also known as a Jeep Wrangler, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to use up like half a tank of gas to nearly a full tank of gas <laughs> going to Warp Tour. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you know, you guys cover this. I'll drive. You don't have to worry about driving and we're good. And so that sort of worked out for me every single time I went. I don't think there was ever a year where I just drove to Warp Tour by myself necessarily. Sometimes I would, you know, just go off by myself and meet my friends up later and drive them home like I didn't make them stay with me the entire day or anything like that it's like okay you guys see the bands you want to see I'll see the bands I want to see make sure your phone's charged here's where the car is don't get lost <laughs> yeah yeah and with warp tour there's always issues with like cell phone service yes so trying there's to stay so many people friends throughout the day yeah there's so many people who are trying to use their phones all at once uh so trying to stay in touch with friends throughout the day like if you aren't staying with them it's so hard sometimes just to like find anybody. Yeah, sometimes my friends would have a very good plan of who they wanted to see though at least before we even got there like or right when we got there you know how they have the big inflatable schedule which was super helpful. It's like we would all go to that. Okay, here's when all these bands are playing and then we would schedule out our days. So you kind of had a general idea of at least where they were and I think yeah. one year I was just like I think I was done maybe a set before them. So I just went and sat in my car. I was like, all right, I'm just going to hang out because, you know, it was I think it was like seven or eight at night by then. And I was like, I'll be in the car. Just, you know, come back to the car when you're done. And that was totally fine because I was like, I don't need to be standing for no reason. So I'm going to go sit. Yeah, I'm going to go sit. Maybe turn on my air conditioner. See you guys in a bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, you know what? This is nice. and. I mean, sometimes it's great going to things by yourself because you don't have to worry about, you know, okay, do we have everyone? Are we good to go? Like, what do we yeah. need to do? Because I'll go to concerts by myself, no problem. But with festivals, I just tend to at least like to drive with other people up there because it's usually such a long drive. I think Pomona on a good day, I could get there in like 45 minutes to an hour. That sounds about right. Okay. That's about how far. So with the Jersey dates, there's always been like two every summer. And one of them is Camden, which is, I guess, considered the Philly date. Yes. And then the other one, uh, they used to have it at a racetrack in like Old Bridge. And for okay. me, that was about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on traffic. And then I forget when they made the switch, but eventually they switched it to Homedale, which is uh, – 15 to 20 on a good day for me. Nice. Yeah. If they had ever done it in Orange County, obviously that would have been closer for, for me. But I think Pomona is technically LA County and that's where they do the LA fair and everything. So yeah. I was either driving there. Ventura was two and a half hours, I want to say, just because we hit all the warp tour traffic going there. And then probably about the same when we went to Chula Vista, because I remember like driving through Border, border Patrol to get there. <laughs> Or to get back, one of the two. Wow. 
yeah, it was very far south. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. But Paramore was worth it. So did you ever find yourself going to a specific date just because of who was playing? Because it's pretty common that some bands will only do, you know, five, six, seven dates or something like that. And they sort of stay within the region that they're in so that they can go. And if they have their own tour to support an album or something like that, they kind of leave from warp tour and do that i've seen bands have like warp tour dates and then have like european dates so did you ever find yourself going to a specific date just to see this one specific band um not so much with warp tour because like a lot of the special guests tend to be like on the east coast dates i feel um but also there was always enough like bands or, or artists or whatever who were playing on the dates that I could go to that it made it worth it for me to go regardless. And like, you always end up having some kind of conflicts or whatever anyway. So you're never going to see all of the artists that you want to. Right. So I just never really stressed about going to specific dates because of one specific band. Yeah. I don't think I went last year either. I think it's been at least a few years since I've gone just because I think the lineups have changed quite a bit to they started to move away from a bunch of the bands that I would go see. It's like, you know, Yellow Card was a staple on Warp Tour for so long, and I saw them a number of times through there in addition to seeing them on tour, which, you know, you and I did a Yellow Card episode, and so people know how much we love that band. But it was one of those things where I was looking at the lineups, and I was like, you know, it might be more worthwhile for me to just go see two or three of the bands I want to see on their own tours and at much closer locations. So it sort of was less appealing to me, maybe more so in recent years. But for you, you said you had worked on press for Warp Tours. So how did that change your experience if it did at all? I mean, it's definitely different going to Warp Tour as somebody who works with the tour versus going as a fan. Like, even bef- like right before starting to work with Warp Tour, we always had bands that were playing. Right. Um, so we would get in through our bands and we'd, we'd go to see our bands play. But even that is super different from doing press for Warp Tour as a whole. Um, just because with us working with the tour and going out for the first few dates of the show, we get to know more of the production staff behind the tour. Um, so when I go now, like even when I go in a couple weeks for the New Jersey dates, I'm going to be seeing a lot more people that I know versus just going to see like our bands. And it I kind of, it, it feels like I can kind of walk around more and, and see more of the behind the scenes stuff without feeling necessarily like I'm in the way, like I'm there to, to work and to learn about the tour and, and to be able to pitch it better to people. Yeah. And obviously it is work, but because of the fact that it's warped where it might not, you know, feel like work 100% of the time. And that's obviously a perk of doing something like this it's like yes i'm here to work but i could also have some fun because it's warp tour and not everything is you know 100 percent serious all the time oh it absolutely doesn't feel like work when you're there um in pomona so our two heaviest press days for the beginning of the tour were definitely pomona and ventura and okay. that first day in pomona we probably set up a couple hundred interviews across all of the bands of the tour um so it, it was a hectic day, like trying to coordinate all of that stuff on site when you don't get set times and fans sign up for press the day of. It, it can be very stressful and a little bit crazy. But 
when you are in the press room and just kind of like introducing bands to writers and, and writers to new artists they might not have heard of, but they're there and they want to interview as many bands as possible. Like it's just, it's such a fun thing to be doing and getting to know all of these bands on a more personal level. Yeah. Plus Warped Tour has been going on for 20 plus years at this point. You know, it's more of a well-oiled machine than most festivals because I know when I went to high and low fest, I had a press pass, but I had zero clue where the press tent was. And by the time I found it, there was no one there. I was like, oh, okay. All right. I'll uh, post on Twitter, I guess, <laughs> because I didn't have any interviews set up. I didn't have anything set up. I was like, where is everything? I ended up finding Zach Zarillo. I was like, dude, where's the press tent? He was like, oh, it's like back behind the barrier and back by the tree. I was like, how, how would anyone find that? Because <laughs> it definitely wasn't on like I don't think they even had any sort of map. I don't know. Maybe they did in like the little pamphlet or whatever for the festival. But I was like, I don't know what's going on right now. So it was a little confusing. And that was, you know, I believe a first time festival. But with Warp Tour, you have someone in charge who has been doing this for years. And it's like, okay, you know, even if it changes publicity companies or anything like that it's like okay you know Kevin Lyman definitely knows what he's doing at this point I know there have been some questionable decisions on who to let on the tour and who not to and things like that but it's one of those things where it's like okay here's the press area we know where to go and we have all these things lined up and it seems like it's just a lot easier of a process for a festival that has been going on for so long and one that has so many dates too because it is a touring festival yeah i, I mean there there's always going to be those like new bands that don't know how press works or right. like the new tour yes. managers <laughs> that are jumping on for the the first time and just need kind of a rundown and same thing with press too on the press side there's always going to be writers that are like i've never done warp tour before how do i schedule my interviews um but as a whole we kind of have a whole system down and like we're able to explain it in a way to help people understand and to make sure that everything is done as efficiently as possible. Yeah, I think for me, one, because my website is so small, I was like, yeah, there's no point in me applying for press for Warp Tour. And then because part of me just likes everything so organized, I was like, I can't, I can't deal with this. I will be stressed the whole time because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and it was one of those things. And, you know, you and I have worked together and it's mostly, you know, like email interviews or things like that. And it's just like, okay, I know I will send the questions this day and I will get them to Becky. She'll get them to the band and then they'll come back and then we'll be good. And it's very much of an easier, it's, a much easier process doing it yeah. that way. And I know email interviews aren't always the best interviews and I try to like switch it up based on who I'm interviewing, but it's one of those things where, you know, in-person interviews are fantastic or, or even over the phone. I've done a few over the phone and, you know, because I've been doing this podcast and miss aligned it's sort of like my interviews just end up sounding like podcasts and then I go to transcribe them and I'm like, wow, this is a lot of words. <laughs> Yeah, I, I that's probably the hardest part about doing an in-person or an over-the-phone interview is the transcribing part. Yeah, it definitely takes a very long time, which is why if, you know, a band has an album coming out or something, I'm just like, can we do an email interview? Because I know I will be able to get that up in a much more timely manner because, 
you know, as someone who just takes time to edit podcasts and everything, I know how long it takes to go through audio. And when you have to do it at like half speed so you can type all the words up, it's just like a two to three hour process sometimes for like a 30 minute interview or something like that. I recently did a few phone interviews and they were like 20 minutes and, you know, we've been podcasting for 20 minutes now roughly and if i were to transcribe this podcast it would literally take me like four hours probably by the time we're done with it (laughs) yeah it's just it's one of those things where you you want to take your time with it because you want to make sure that you're quoting everything right but yeah it just can take so long and at a place like warp tour where there's bound to be background noise it's like okay if you miss a word or miss someone's name that they mentioned you have to go back and you have to like fact check with the publicist or the band or the manager or someone and then figure out if what you got down was right or not. I know when I was interviewing a comic book person recently, she mentioned so many names in the interview. I was like, oh, dear God, I'm going to have to go back and like figure out who she's talking about because sometimes she only used first names. And I was like, "Uh oh, (laughs) and it was one of those things where I was like, "Okay, I did my research. I found all the names, spelled them all correctly, because when I was transcribing, I most certainly did not spell like half of the names correctly. So it was one of those things where, yes, doing press for something like Warp Tour would have been really cool, but the amount of time it would have taken me because it's just me by myself. I'm, you know, I'm not a bigger publication that has like people or interns for that matter that could do these things for me. So just knowing how much time it would have taken, I would have done like one or two interviews and been like, okay, that's it. That's, that's my max capacity. And I felt like, you know, that wouldn't have been fair to big picture to just have me come in and do two interviews and be like, nope, I'm done. (laughs) Well, we would have had you out anyway, if you'd wanted to come. And I would have burned. (laughs) Surprisingly, I did not get sunburn. We were there for four shows. I was in and out of the sun all day long. Did not get sunburned. I was really proud of that. I'm pretty sure every year I have burned, no matter how much sunscreen I put on, no matter how much shade I sat in, burned every time. (laughs) I usually end up with at least sunburn on my face. Oh, yeah. So I was really proud that I didn't. My nose is the worst. It's just like I have like this little bulb on my nose that gets sunburned every time I do anything outside for an extended period of time. But I remember one year, it might have been actually one of the last times I went to Warp Tour. I knew the person working the Fearless Tent. We had interned at the company together and she would go out and do Warp Tour for them. And so I was able to just, you know, hang out under the tent and it was shaded and I still burned. I was like, I do not understand. I am just too white to be outside apparently. It's just how warp tour works. Yeah. I was like, no matter how like I would put sunscreen on maybe once every hour or two and still get burned. I was like, I don't understand. I was probably sweating too much for the sunscreen to actually be effective or something like that. Yeah. It's like it's so hard because it's so hot that try and put sunscreen on, you you sweat it all off within like five minutes. Yeah. And I've never been a huge fan of like the smell of sunscreen or anything about sunscreen, but I will put it on when I have to. But then I'm just like, this feels pointless, you know, <laughs> especially when it's that hot out. Yeah. But you, you got to do it because otherwise you're screwed. 
It's yeah. the reapplying that always gets me because I never remember to reapply. See, I was doing that. And then I think maybe once I got into the shade, I was like, okay, I don't need to reapply as much because I'm just hanging out here and it'll be fine. And it was not. So clearly, even if you are in the shade, need to reapply that sunscreen. Yeah. It is a tough day, but worth it. Yeah. It was one of those things where I'm pretty sure every night after Warp Tour was some of the best sleep I would ever get because mm-hmm. I would just be so wiped out. It was like, you know, I would come home. I think I would try to shower before going to bed just to get all the grossness off of me. But then it's like after that, I was just like done. I was like, I could barely stand up in the shower. So now I'm just going to lay down and figure things out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Sleep forever. It's like so funny because going to Warp Tour now, like I still get exhausted by the end of the day, but my experience is so different going to Warp Tour now. Yeah. Because like, having going out for the first few dates of the tour we end up getting like laminates for the tour right so I can you know sneak in and out of the press room like sit in the air conditioning for a little bit or like just go take a seat in production grab a water bottle whatever and like I hardly ever really go into crowds anymore but I'm still exhausted by the end of the day whereas when I was a kid going to warp tour I would be you know, pushing my way through the crowds, trying to get on barricade for every set that I went to see, drinking so little water, not eating food, like just kind of going all day long. And somehow I'm still as tired now as I would be back then, (laughs) which just makes me feel so old. Yeah. (laughs) No, I know what you mean, because I'm that person now where I will literally just stand in the back at concerts because I'm like, I don't want to be smothered because I was at House of Blues Anaheim once before they moved. This was when they were still in downtown Disney. I think it was in high school or something. I went to go see I Alaska. And I was up at the barricade with my friend, but people kept pushing and pushing. And because of my asthma, it was like getting really hot in there. And I was like, I can't do this. I need to like be where I can breathe. And literally one of the security guys just picked me up and like picked me up and over the barricade and I just went upstairs I was like all right I'm done we're done now yeah (laughs) so even at warp tour I would just like stand at the back of the crowd so if I wanted to leave I could just leave and not have to like push my way through everyone it's just like a much more pleasant experience once you give up needing to be right up front and it's totally cool for people who want to do that but as someone who has asthma that does not do well when it's either really hot or really cold I was just like yeah no I'm over this (laughs) I was always a barricade brat no matter what show I was going to if it was like a club show or if it was warp tour or bamboozle whatever I was that kid that like loved to be up front singing along So it's like weird for me that now in my quote unquote old age, (laughs) I don't have that desire quite as strongly anymore. Um, I think a lot of it also had to do with the fact that I was short. So like the only way I could ever really see anything was if I was right up front. Yeah. But I just like, I don't know how I did it anymore on like no food, no water, just like running around in the heat all day long, barely any sunscreen. I just... It's like, it's weird to think about it now and be like, wow, that doesn't sound fun at all. Why did I love it so much? Yeah, it's funny too, because in high school, I played basketball and we had practice, you know, like 13 hours a week, just running around, you know, running lines and it was horrible. But, you know, I feel like 
when I was going to warp tour back then, it's like, yes, my legs would still hurt at the end of the day, but I would bounce back so much faster then because I was Mm -hmm. in so much better shape then. Like if I tried to play 13 hours of basketball a week, you know, next week, well, maybe not next week because it's going to be like 90 something, but (laughs) at any other week during the year when it is not super hot, if I tried to play 13 hours of basketball, I would hurt so bad. Even in college, when I was trying to play club basketball, it was like I would go to practice once or twice a week because I had classes that clashed with the practice times. And I was like, oh, my goodness. It was just this vicious cycle of being sore. And I think the last time I went to Warped Tour, I was like, wow, this just hurts so much more these days. (laughs) And it's like, you know, we're not old really. And it's just one of those things where you get so conditioned to doing things at a certain point. And it, once you don't do them as much anymore, it's it just hurts so much more to do them because, you know, I hardly go to concerts these days because one, money. And two, I'm just like not inclined to drive to LA for certain shows because it takes so much time out of my day. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is going to be a whole thing. And I'm just not up for it quite as much anymore. But like, you know, I'll go to shows down here at the observatory or something like that. And it's just like, I'll be in the middle section or the back section, depending on how crowded the show is. If it's sold out, I'm more than likely in the back. So it's one of those things where I'm like, you know, I'm just so over being elbowed and (laughs) kicked. And, you know, I think at Warped Tour, I was kicked in the face once by someone who was crowd surfing and it broke my sunglasses. And that was just not great because it is always super bright at Pomona. And I was like, all right, I'm over this. I'm just going to be in the back now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I definitely took more than a few kicks to the face from crowd surfers, especially like being on barricade, um, which is another thing that I'm like, I didn't mind that back then. Right. These days, I'd be so angry. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, really? Do you have to kick me in the head? Like, could you watch your feet, please? Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's just funny how quickly that changes, too. Because when you think about it, you know, it's not that long ago that you and I were probably like, yeah, let's be towards the front, be as close as we can get. And now it's just like, yeah, if I'm up front, cool. If not, cool. It's fine. I'm here. (laughs) The last time I was on Barricade for a show was about a year and a half ago. It was uh, those final yellow card shows. I was going to guess that. (laughs) Los Angeles and Anaheim. And I was 100% on Barricade for both of those last shows. Didn't mind it. Now I'm just like, I don't know that I would ever do that ever again. Yeah. And I think some places it's easier to control too, but just because of the size of Warp Tour, it's like, you know, you have circle pits and mosh pits and people crowd surfing and it's just everywhere because there are so many stages and it's like okay in comparison to how many people are at warp tour and the number of security people it's like the security people are severely outnumbered even when they have a lot of them so it's just one of those things where because it's such a big space it's harder to contain some of that sometimes and you know they've done some cool things where you know I'll go be up front like the acoustic tent and everything I was right up front for a couple of artists one year. I think it was a year when Koji was playing. And I'm pretty sure I ended up in someone's video on YouTube. I was like, why? Why do you (laughs) do this to me? It's hot and gross and everyone looks horrible. (laughs) Yeah. Like, do you have to? Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Whatever. No one's going (laughs) to know. So I want to talk about the fact that 
Warp Tour is ending and sort of what that means, I guess, for your summers in general, because obviously doing press for the festival, you've gone to probably more dates than you normally would had you not been doing press. Is that accurate? Yeah. So last year, um, got to do like two extra dates. We went to Portland and Seattle last year. And then this year, um, we did the four California shows. And then there's a chance that I'll end up in Florida for the last few. Okay. Um, that's not like confirmed yet, but it's a, it's right now it's still a possibility. Um, so yeah, usually for me, warp tour would be like one or two dates for the summer and that's it. Uh, and these last couple of years doing press for it, we've been out for a lot more, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah. I can't imagine doing multiple dates, especially since, you know, you came out here and you know what it's like here and how exhausting it is because of how hot it is. And I imagine it's equally as hot plus more humidity on the East Coast. Yeah. So the East Coast dates are always insanely hot and like so humid and just kind of awful. Um, Going to like Seattle and Portland last year was really cool because it was a little bit earlier in June. uh, The tour like kicked off a couple weeks earlier. Right. And those dates in particular were just like really comfortable. I think there was one day I was walking around in shorts and like a sweatshirt and I felt great. Um, so that was really cool. But doing doing like a string of dates like the four in California a couple weeks ago, it's not as bad when you're traveling with the tour. So like we right. were sleeping on the tour buses. Um, and like I said, like we can go in and out of production and the press room. And there's always some place like we could go to like kind of get away from the tour itself and like sit and get a like a bottle of water and just like recoup a little bit um but also like having the the tour bus to go back to and like a place for all of our stuff and not having to like plan out to be gone the entire day um because like as a kid going to warp tour you always had to remember like you can't leave and go back to your car to get something so you have to make sure that you have everything you need going into it um, and like, you can't bring in food and you can't bring in bottles of water and things like that. So it was the kind of thing where you were literally planning for the entire day, but like being with the tour and being a part of the tour, you kind of have a little bit more leeway in terms of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I imagine you also have nicer bathrooms to use if you have a bus to go back to. So, you know, that's probably a more minor thing but you know porta potties can get pretty gross throughout the day when you're at a festival all day so i imagine you know just having these little perks that people probably don't think too much about while they're actually there is probably significantly nicer yeah well the, so the thing about the bathrooms is uh you can't go number 2 on the bus that's like <laughs> true a hard rule uh so you still have to use either like uh, the venue bathrooms or the porta potties, or if there's like bathrooms in production or whatever, you still have to use those. Yeah, because it's not like the buses have somewhere to hook up and dump everything because it's not right. campsites. You know, right. like, you know, my parents have a toy hauler and we have gone camping many a time. So I, I am very familiar with trailer rules here. <laughs> yeah. So there, there is still that to consider. And a lot of times, like, the only bathrooms on site are the porta potties. Yes. So. My my golden rule was always just to like get there early in the morning before everything opens up for the day when the bathrooms are still like in decent condition. And they're not like 800 degrees inside and <laughs> everything like that. You know, it's amazing how unpleasant bathrooms can be when it's 100 degrees outside. 
Yeah. But I do think at Pomona, there is like an actual bathroom building at least too that you can access. I I believe it's usually right when you walk in the main entrance. Yes. But I know some festivals will like close off the bathrooms and that annoys me so much. I'm like, really, you can't give us one good bathroom to go to? (laughs) Yeah. In Pomona, there's like a building. And then if you're in like the parking lot, so the parking lot is like to the right of the main entrance where everybody comes in. That's where the buses park. There's a building there that has some bathrooms in it. And then further along, there's like a building further back. I fr- it was like the sign on it said like the marketplace or something like that. And oh, that's where okay. production yeah, yeah, catering yeah. set up. There's like a bathroom. There's like a set of bathrooms that's over that way too. Yeah, because when they do the fair and everything, at least, you know, at the OC fair, they'll bring in like these sort of trailers that are bathrooms. They're not porta potties. They're like full on like trailers with actual bathrooms in them it's very strange i don't really know what it is i mean it's basically i guess fancy porta potties i don't know <laughs> but it's like way nicer than you know just the blue ones that you see lined up at festivals so when you have a place that is like the fairgrounds or something and not just a parking lot because i believe ventura was just in the parking lot so i don't know if they had any actual bathrooms at that one but with pomona at least because it is the fairgrounds it's like okay you have like a few select actual bathroom locations and that's about it and they're probably going to be super crowded anyway i'm sure everyone is going to love this bathroom conversation we're having here but you know it's <laughs> it's one of those things where you it's something you're going to have to do at the festival it's like you can't really avoid going to the bathroom all day unless you're dehydrated yeah and if you've never been to warp tour before this is all very important information to consider for any festival too you know true for any festival there was one festival I had gone to. It was in Santa Monica on the beach. And they had some of the nicest porta potties I swear I have ever seen. And it doesn't surprise me because it's Santa Monica, first off. <laughs> but I was just like, where did these come from? And why don't we have these everywhere at festivals? <laughs> because it was like you stepped up into it and it had like an actual door on it and a light came on when you were in there. So someone would know you were in there and it had a sink inside. I was like, where do these come from? Yeah, that sounds really nice. Yeah, it was very strange. I know that's a weird thing to get excited about, but sometimes you just don't want to have to deal with other people's grossness when you're at a festival. It's like, there's already too many of us here. So <laughs> let's just be civil people. Yeah. Well, moving on from the bathroom talk. <laughs> that was a pretty long segment here. You know, for me, because I only ever went to one in any given summer. I don't know what I would have done if I had gone to more than one warp tour. I probably would have been like, nope. But your point about having the tour bus and everything, you know, that means you don't have to drive yourself location to location, which I imagine is very nice because at the end of the day, when you are done with warp tour, you're walking back to your car and then you're like, oh my goodness, I have to drive an hour to get home. It's just like one of those things where you're like, am I going to make it home? (laughs) Should I just pull over and sleep? But then, you know, because I was always driving friends, it's like I would have to drive some people home. Or if they drove to my house, then, you know, they would still have to drive themselves home even later. (laughs) So it was one of those things where it's like, all right, we'll coordinate. If you are on the way, I will pick you up and drop you off. But if you are not, you're coming to me. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I know there are people out there that follow the tour and it's definitely not something that I recommend if you are driving from date to date yourself because like those are rough drives. 
trying to get from San Diego to Mountain View. That oh, was yeah. like a seven or eight hour drive. And it wasn't like, it wasn't smooth. It was rocky. I was sleeping on a couch and I felt every <laughs> bump. So it's just like, it's one of those things where it's, it's exhausting. It's dangerous. And like, you're already tired from being out the entire day. It's, it's not necessarily something that you should do on your own. Yeah, because I was looking at the routing for this year, even though I wasn't going, I was like, this is so inconvenient. <laughs> and, you know, I know that can't be helped sometimes based on when venues are available and what dates you can book them and everything like that. But I was like, wow, they're doing, okay, Pomona to San Diego makes sense. But then they're going up to Mountain View, back down to Vendor. I was like, yep. what you doing, Warp Tour? <laughs> and I know sometimes that can't be avoided. But as someone who lives here and has been from, you know, like, as far north as Sacramento in my own vehicle and as far south as, you know, a few miles from the border. It's one of those things where I definitely understand how you might think things are closer in California than they actually are. It's like even Pomona to San Diego is a good like three hour drive on a good day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a pretty long drive, especially if you are following the tour and everything like that. And I definitely know what you mean by bumpy because, again, I drive a Jeep. Nothing is smooth. I, it's like going out of the driveway is bumpy. <laughs> it's just something that, you know, that is something I've been used to. But when I would have like new people in the car with me, I'm like, it's going to be very bumpy. So if you're going to try and put makeup on, no, don't do that. Yeah, maybe, maybe don't. <laughs> like, you don't want to do that. <laughs> and it's just one of those things where, you know, Warp Tour is so much fun while you're there and even if it doesn't feel like it's fun like the next day you'll be like yeah okay that was great but everything hurts and I am tired and I am sunburned <laughs> and then it's like a few days later it's like oh okay I can finally enjoy that day I had yeah more tour I I don't love summer I can't stand heat I can't stand humidity and like just in general I prefer fall winter spring to summer um, but Warp Tour has always been my favorite part of the season and something that I look forward to every year. So it's it's weird to think that like this time next year, I won't have a, a Warp Tour show to look forward to. Yeah, that is really weird. And I haven't really paid much attention to whether or not they're going to do like the cruise stuff or one off shows or, you know, select shows in the future. But it's one of those things where once I stopped going to Warp Tour, it was weird. I was like, I feel like I should have something to do this weekend like because like you said, you know, it kicks off in June and when I was in Philly for college, it's like it would kick off I want to say a week or two after I got home because I would usually get home like June 10th through 15th somewhere around there and then it's like you know, if I did go to Warp Tour, it's like, oh, you know, Warp Tour is right around the corner, but you know, these last couple of years I was just like Oh, warp tour happened. Guess I wasn't going. <laughs> I think I've been to just about every warp tour since I was fifteen. That's so a lot more than me. Since two thousand seven, I've pretty much been going every summer. Um, and like for it, when I was younger, it was always just one date per summer. And then I started interning at Big Picture, and I would throw in like the Camden date here and there, in addition to like Homedale. And then these last two years going to as many as I've been fortunate enough to go to, just like thinking, like I said, thinking about next year and the fact that I'm not going to have that is just the weirdest thing for me. 
because it's been such like an integral part of my summers every year since I was a kid. Yeah. And even though I didn't go every single year, I did have a stretch where I was always wanting to go and I would sort of I had a few years in a row where I would go with the same friend and maybe one or two other people would tag along. But for the most part, it's like, you know, we were like concert buddies in high school and we would buy each other concert tickets for our birthdays and just go to concerts together. So it was one of those things where, you know, after going away to college, it was like, okay, you know, we'll meet up. And it was like, I never went away to college somewhere else. It's like, okay, here we are doing Warped Tour again, same as usual. And then I think I went with a different group of friends one year to Pomona and I I played basketball with them. So I just like picked them up because they lived on the way. And I was like, all right, you guys go ahead and do your thing and we'll meet up later and we'll get food. And I, I don't know, because they liked a different set of bands than I did. So it was just one of those things where that in itself was a little bit of a different experience. But when you go with someone who likes most all the same bands you do, it's like even more fun than just sort of splitting up and doing your own thing and then trying like you said because there's no cell service it's like okay uh well I'm gonna text them that I'm gonna be at the car and hopefully they get it (laughs) yeah yeah growing up I always had um my my best friends always liked the same bands that I did so going to Warped Tour together was a great time because we would pretty much be in line with like who we wanted to see and like what the priorities were right yeah exactly and even though I haven't gone in the last few years, it's still going to be weird not having Warp Tour around because you can always sort of tell when it's Warp Tour, whether it's on social media or just like in the general area because people are talking about it or anything like that. And to not have that, it's like, what are all these venues going to do in June and July? <laughs> it's like yeah. they're going to have to find something to, you know, fill those voids, even though Warp Tour is only at a specific venue for a day, but it's still going to be a big change for a lot of people's summers because there are people who have gone like since it started too, who have gone Mm -hmm. every single year. And that is crazy to me. And it's just amazing how much of an impact Warp Tour has had on the music scene for the last 20 plus years. Yeah. And I mean, just thinking about what it means for all of these bands that get to spend their summers playing Warp Tour I think that we're going to see a really big shift in like touring within this scene within the next couple of years as people try to figure out like what it means now that there is no warp tour. Yeah, even for the bands like you said because the bands are on typically more than one date. So for them it's a totally different experience than it is for fans like you and I who would just go to one and then you later on going to more and then even working with the tour it's just crazy how much it's going to be like, okay, now what do we do with our summer for a bunch of these bands? But is there anything you want to touch on before we wrap this up that we haven't covered? Um, no, I, I feel like we've covered a good, like, we, we've kind of covered all angles on Warp Tour. I mean, um, yeah, we got our toilet talk in. I think, I think <laughs> we're good. <laughs> um, I guess the only thing left to say is just, if anybody listening hasn't been to Warp Tour before or their date hasn't come up yet and they're kind of on the fence about going, I, I definitely recommend making the trek out to see this this last tour. The lineup is really fun. Uh, it's a lot of, not I don't want to say throwback bands because all of these bands are still doing things, but it's bands like We the Kings and Simple Plan and Senses Fail and you know The Used was doing a few weeks on the tour and 303 is out all summer long and Real Big Fish and 
it's just it's such a fun lineup of bands that like I know for me personally, I've grown up listening to these artists and they're still putting out music that I love. Yeah. So it's just it it's a fun day. It's a it's a really fun day. So if you're on the fence about going, definitely do it. Yeah. I don't think I was ever really on the fence about going this year. I think I was okay with, you know, knowing that it was ending and knowing that I had gone to some great warp tour dates in the past because like I said, for me, I'm at that point where it's like, yeah, if I go to something cool, if I don't, that's fine. If I stand in the back, that's cool and everything like that. So it's just one of those things for me where I, I was I was fine with it. I was like, you yeah, know, I, I'm not going to regret this. It's fine. It, You know, I will be able to see these bands still. It's not like the bands are all going to stop being bands just because Warp Tour is ending, but they will have to figure something else out. Yeah. Like I said, I think that we're going to see a really big shift in like touring in the next few years, because if you think about it, Warp Tour has like 80 bands per day yeah on the lineup and that's like over the course of the summer there's well over 100 bands that are playing this tour those bands are all going to have to find other ways to tour and there, i think it's going to be a lot of competition in terms of show dates and things like that so i think it's going to be it, it's going to be very weird and very different and i think that there's going to be a huge impact that a lot of people haven't really considered yet yeah but in the meantime warp tour is still here this summer and all the bands are playing the hits. Simple Plan set is literally just hit after hit after hit. Nice. It's so fun. I bet. And like We the Kings has so many hits that I pe- think people don't even realize are like their songs. Yes. And they've had consistently like for the dates that I've gone to and from photos and stuff, they've had consistently one of the biggest crowds at like every show, which has been so cool to see. And I will I will plug this so you don't have to, but go listen to the new We the Kings album six if yes. you're not already. Please do. Help keep me in a job. <laughs> no, I'm you kidding. But it's a really great record. Um, the single On My Love has been stuck in my head since pretty much I first heard it. Um, and they're a great group of guys, and they put on a really good show. So, yeah, please go listen to that new record. Awesome. Well, Becky, thank you so much for coming on to talk about Warp Tour. I don't know if there was any r- real like format to this show this time. We kind of <laughs> just rambled and then talked about toilets and then, you know, talked about bands. I But I, I think we covered, like you said, pretty much everything about Warp Tour. And it's something that a lot of people will definitely be missing. So thank you again for coming on to talk about it. Yeah, my pleasure. Warp Tour is something that I could talk about until I'm blue in the face because this tour is just it's had such like, it, it's meant so much to me personally. And it's such a huge part of who I was as a kid growing up and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And now it's such a huge part of my professional life as well. So I'm more than happy to to go to kind of talk about what this tour has meant and the legacy that it's leaving behind. Awesome. Well, it was definitely a fun conversation. And to our listeners, as always, thank you all for listening. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.